Hello and welcome to Core Women. My name is Dr. Summer Watson and I'm the founder of Core Women and I'm also an empowerment strategist for women. So if you're listening to this podcast to delve more into empowerment strategies, well, you're here for the right reason. However, Core Women was also developed because it's a special place that provides a unique idea of home for the hearts and souls of women. It's a place for us to share our strength, energy, wisdom, and authenticity. It's a place for women to find support and strategic empowerment ideas that will help support their lives. Today on the show, I'd like to welcome Sharon Lee Zapotet, who is an award-winning presenter, artist, podcaster, entrepreneur, and author with three books under her belt so far. The latest book being Middle Finger Happiness, Work Hard, Live Well, Don't Fuck With Me. There is so much to talk about today, so let's get right into this and welcome Sharon. Hey, good morning or good afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Good afternoon. And you're in Texas, Houston, correct? I am in Houston, Texas. Yes, ma'am. All right. Well, thank you so <laughs> much for joining me. And like I said, there's so much to touch on today. So let's get right into this. And let's talk a little bit about your background and where you grew up and tell us a little bit about your life journey. Oh, my goodness. Well, well, first of all, thank you for having me. I really appreciate you inviting me. Um, hello to all your listeners. A um, little bit about me. Let's, let's do the short, uh, the cliff notes, the cliff note version on me. <laughs> do people know what cliff notes are today? <laughs> hey, you know what? Cliff notes are great. That's how they I are. Cool. I love cliff notes. So, yeah, right. people, if you're old enough, you know what that means. So, the exactly. cliff notes version of who I am. So a little tiny uh, snippet would be I'm an Ar Army Air Force brat. So I have been to 37 of the 50 states. I went to eight schools in 12 years. So do the math. That wow. means we were uprooted a lot. Um, I was a really quiet, insecure uh, kid growing up. And then as I got a little older, I would say out of high school is when I am, uh, have gotten louder. And then, of course, the older I've gotten, I've gotten really loud. Um, I was raised by um, a great dad who actually, you know what? He had a drinking problem. When we go back now, we're really good friends, my dad and I. Uh, he was dealing with his wife at the time, which is my mom, my biological mom, who's an abusive, narcissistic person. And we don't have a relationship. That was severed about nine years ago. And it was a really tough decision I had to do. But when I did that, Dr. Watson, my... I don't know what you, we call these, your factory installed gifts just blossomed and bloomed. And it's amazing when you make an executive decision in your life to remove toxic people. And unfortunately, they could be parents, siblings, spouses, I mean, even children. I mean, it's just one of those things that people don't want to talk about, but it, it happens. And so fast forward and remarried, I uh, have a, a 29 year old and I have a 12 year old and three rescue dogs. I live here in Houston and in my community, I'm an up and coming writer, author, uh, podcaster and artist. And I give back to the community. And uh, one of my favorite charities that I do give back to is HAWC, Houston Area Women's Center. And that is uh, their mission is to stop um, domestic violence for all. And uh, my proceeds for my art sales go to them quarterly. And I've been really, really pleased that I've been able to help them out. And it helps me as well. Oh, yeah, my goodness, you are doing a lot. And thank you so much for talking about your journey and your background. And boy, howdy, that is a lot of schools that you've been through. So oh, yeah. being a military spouse and 
for over 20 something years, I've seen a lot of military kids that have to uproot and go from school to school and either, you know, there are a couple of things that happen that it's really hard for them to adjust and, and get into that environment. And they end up dropping a lot of close friends or not creating a lot of committed relationships because they know that they're going to have to go to another school and another school and another school. How did that work for you in regards to relationships as you grew up and you did go to so many schools? How did yeah. that impact your relationships? You know what? Um, looking back, I hated it. I, I, I wanted, I always felt like, especially walking in, in fifth period biology, you know, junior high or no, actually high school, I just wanted to be an ice cube and just melt in the cement. You know, I really didn't even want to be there, but looking back, I wouldn't change it. And I'll tell you why I was exposed to so many different cultures, ways of thinking, um, you know, definitely seeing so many parts of the country. Was it hard? Yes. Um, my best friend was, and still is, my, my brother. I have a younger brother. We're four, almost five years apart. And he was my, he was my friend, my, my friend, you know, much younger than me. And then my other friend would, you're going to laugh, or maybe you won't because you're a writer, was my journal. You know, the spiral journal that you would pick up at the drugstore. And I journaled, I've journaled all my life. And I guess that's why I led into the, 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 the path road, the way to, to writing and becoming an, uh, you know, an author, but writing for me, journaling, it's always been there. So my friendships that I've developed as I've been older are really good. They're really deep and rooted. I mean, I have friends that I've been friends with 20 something years, you know, 25 years and um, yeah. And they're very few. you You can count them on one hand. Well, and I think, you know what, I think we all get to that age where we all start thinking about who are the meaningful relationships and who do I want to, you know, really invest my time in. And that's difficult because many times we can be so spread out in relation to our time, energy, and effort that sometimes we do have to make those decisions about who do we want to really invest our time in and who do we want to nurture those relationships with. So something that I want to get back to though, that you had mentioned that one of your best friends was your journal and this led to writing. So tell us about your books. Tell us about the titles of your books and the inspiration for your books. Oh, okay. Gosh, where do I begin? <laughs> you know what? I just, I'm just one of those people. I'm a storyteller by nature. Um, and I've learned that, especially if you're, <laughs> if you're working with men and you're in a boardroom, you got to get to the fucking point immediately. Like they just want the facts, you know, right. they want the facts. Um, but I've also learned to know when to tell your story. Uh, and I've been through so much. I really have. I, I just think it was normal what I went through, but once I started, you know, sharing some of my stories, I have friends that are like, really? You went through, wow. You know, you should write a book. And so that's when you hear that more than 50 times and you're like, wow, you know, you should write a book. You should write a book. I'm like, well, gosh, I guess I should write a book. But, (laughs) um, and I think really deep down inside, I knew for me, reading was therapy. Reading was my self repair. Reading was was a way to get inside myself when, you know, did I let myself down again? You know, how do I repair myself? How do I pull myself back around. So reading is is a tool that I, that I use. I love reading. And so when I decided to write these books, especially the little book of startup inspiration, 20 lessons learned the hard way, damn it. From the most outrageous year of my entrepreneurial life. I mean, that title, you just like, there's the whole book. And that was actually after hurricane Harvey, 
Houston, uh, in August, August 25th of 2017, you know, our city was devastated. Um, we still in my, in my neighborhood and I, I live in a very beautiful, uh, lovely little neighborhood. There's five houses to this day. They're still abandoned. And if you see them, they're, they're cute little houses. You think, wow, you know, they still mow the yard, but they're abandoned. They flooded so bad. They flooded halfway to the ceiling. Can you imagine everything, your TVs, your pictures on your wall, everything's floating. Wow. Yeah. Even our house. Oh, it's crazy. It's heartbreaking. And then just that's, and I, you know, depression sunk in for me and I thought, well, you know, what the hell can I do? And I started, um, volunteering at Harvey, Harvey hub. And that was like a hub point for people who lost anything and everything. I mean, the city of Houston came together on such an incredible level. It's unbelievable. You know, food repairs, home Depot, things for free were just, people were just lined up to get things. No questions asked. Nobody was asking even for your ID, nothing. You just put your name on a paper and signed up and walked in and things were available to you. You know, formula, diapers, clothing, uh, cleaning supplies, uh, clothes, shoes, socks. I mean, it was amazing how well the community pulled together. That is phenomenal. So getting back to your book titles, tell us, okay. So you told us one of them. So the other two, the other two, well, um, you know, middle finger happiness, work hard, live well, don't fuck with me. That is, it's crazy. What happened with that? And again, 2017 was a crazy year. So you hit Harvey. That's in August, right? Okay. Okay. December of 2017, I had this fuck it moment. I'm like, I'm not going to this house anymore for the holidays. I'm not going to that house anymore for the holidays because there's always, you know, shit drama going on. And I'm like, I'm just, I'm just not going to go there anymore. I'm too for this. And it was like, it was that, that middle finger happy. And I started putting that hashtag on everything. Hashtag middle finger happiness, hashtag middle. And then I went and got a little tattoo on the side of my arm and it says middle finger happiness. And everybody would ask me about it. And, and the font of the tattoo is kind of like Lord of the Rings is a really cool font. Wow. And so um, I was like, you know what? That's a good book title. And so I decided to sit down and write all the things that I knew that I went through that I could help, you know, I want to help other people. Um, people help other people by sharing the things that they've been through. And hopefully you came out on the winning side. You always have to have your, you know, you have your hero story, you have your struggle. And then you like, how did you overcome it? Now, if I had written a book that was just boohoo, look what happened to me. And I'm, you know, I'm still having a pity part. Nobody wants to read that. People want to read, well, how did you overcome it? You know, how did you, how did you unfuck yourself in that situation? how did you turn your, your life around? And so it's, it's almost like, um, I tell people, and this is on the back of the book. It's funny. I think it's funny. You don't have to ask for permission to improve your life. You just do it because insecurity is a fucking liar. And most people, uh, still to this day worry what others are going to say or think about them. And I got news for you. I mean, people who read my book, I know family members, they can get in line. Just get in line. If you didn't like what I wrote, it's okay. It's, you know, I put it out there to help myself and to help other people. And if we're going to live our lives worried, 
what other people think, you're never going to live your life. And really, they don't even think about you. They think about you for three minutes, and then they go watch King of Thrones or the Tiger King or whatever the hell's right. on right now. That, <laughs> the third book, um, it's, an, it's a compile of a, a collection of all these memes that I have out there on social media, and it's called It's a New Day. Don't be a shithead. And really, it's just um, their positive, disruptive, slightly irregular strategies on how to stop procrastinating and smack down the bullshit in your life. And so I can be driving in the Target parking lot trying to look for a parking lot spot. And I, I kid you not, a meme will come to my head. And I like I write it down because I see something and it's, you know, like I got to write it down. So <laughs> that is so awesome. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love that. I, I it's, love it's like a. It's, yeah, here's the back. It's a new day. Don't be a shithead. It's like using MapQuest to guide you through your thick head of being overwhelmed and to get shit done. This book can also be used when faced with angry moms in the carpool lane, fuck nugget mem- family members, and people you meet who are idiots and other troublemaker situations. It's all in here. Oh, my God. You have me rolling. Fuck nuggets. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we all, you know what? We oh all God. say it. We I, all think it. No, I absolutely love it. I'm just rolling. I'm fuck nugget. Okay. That's a keeper. So um, tell us a, a irregular strategy because you say irregular strategy. Tell us what that looks like. What is that? Give us one example. So for example, I'm just talking about decisions, decisions. You know, we all make decisions. We make, we make thousands of decisions daily. We don't realize how many decisions we make. We, we decide whether we're going to open the refrigerator or not, whether we're going to, you know, whatever, you know, go to channel 12 or channel 13. I mean, we decide, we make decisions all day long, but decisions are really, they're just what I call been there moments. It's you just been there. Then we don't listen because we make decisions with our heart um, really more than our brain. Can you relate to that? Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's- Here's a good example. It's a reaction versus a response. They're they're based in emotion. They're raw. They're reflexive in nature. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. there is your reaction. So we make decisions sometimes based off a reaction. True. And one of the strategies that I've learned, um, again, because it comes with being on this planet for a while, um, sometimes we make decisions that hurt ourselves and hurt others. And so, you know, in here I put, there is no champagne of victory when you make decisions that hurt you and others. Um, hearts, fucking hearts rule the world. We rule the world with our hearts. And how do you justify this? You don't, you just chalk it up for the quote shit I've learned, which was originally the name of this book, which is going to be called shit that I've, you know, shit I've learned. What we think with our brains, we think our brains make decisions, but our brains don't make decisions. As humans, we make decisions with our hearts because heartstrings are like the motivational speakers that pump you full of hope. Oh, wow. Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's so cool. thank you. Yeah, so yeah, anytime, every time I have um, um, a quote, there's a short little story. Um, underneath it that I wrote, this is a good one too. It says, who, who says you have to keep someone else's circumstances? Sometimes you just have to tell them to grow a pair of balls and let them take on their own challenging circumstances. And so how did I come up with that? You remember as kids, you would say, uh, you're not the boss of me. Yes. Well, that's, that should have stuck with us. And that's it. <laughs> you turn the next page. These are short stories. I mean, you did like one page. I love it. And here, here's the 
thing. Here's the thing, folks. Sharon, I think I found her on Instagram somehow. And when I did, I was drawn in because of her words and her uncensored self-expression and her creativity because she is so creative in both what she says, her <laughs> stories, her art. She takes all this creativity and she puts it into a book. She's an artist. So she's a painter. She is an entrepreneur. And the way that she does all this is so unique. So you're definitely going to want to check out her books because yes, they might be memes, they might be stories, and they might be something that resonates with you and gives you the freedom to make decisions that may have maybe looked different yesterday and feel better today. So let Oh, I like the way you said that. That's a good, oh, yeah, thanks. that's a good point. So let me ask you something. So Mm -hmm. on the back of your book, it states you write good struggle books. (laughs) I like that. I really like that. Can you tell us what this means? So for anybody who's listening and you're thinking about writing a book, the first thing you should do, and I'm going to get to the back about how you write good struggle books, but you should always write the back of your book first because what do we do when we're at the bookstore we look at the cover and we're like ooh and then what do we do we flip the back over right right and we flip the back over and that's that's the the trailer so to speak absolutely you know that's the trailer for your book so um when i wrote that you know i write good you know she she writes good struggle books and how to do things to stop struggling and so we all struggle we all struggle and there's not one person on this planet that does not struggle. I mean, you can struggle trying to learn how to tie your shoe when you're four years old, you know, but it's a baby struggle. Um, and as a grown up, you might struggle because you got to meet your ex spouse in, in the mall parking lot and switch kids for the weekend. I mean, you know, there's so many different kinds of struggles. And so I just write good struggle books because I've been there and, and it's, um, they're funny. And they're also a little sad and it's funny again. So it's, it's kind of going to the buffet and you know, you're not, you're definitely got not going to be bored. Um, uh, appropriateness is not inside this book. Um, I think that's, what's made it so popular. Um, right. And it, it's yeah. really authentic and it's who you are and you are putting yourself out there and saying, Hey, this is strategy. This is stuff that I'm going to give you use what you find helpful. And I love that. So thank you. Yeah. So let's get to you being an artist, your other side of creativity. Let's talk about art. What inspired you you in relation to your art, the type of art that you do, your art studio? I know that's a loaded question. There's several questions there, but tell us about the art studio. Tell us about your art and your inspiration. Okay. So (laughs) in kindergarten, I went to a crowded kindergarten school. I went to a crowded school here in Houston at that age. Every day, summer, every day was art class. And I would put their apron on and I would stand in line. And there were like 20 kids. And each kid was given like a brush and like two colors in a little, you could choose two colors because you only got to paint with two colors and you could only paint for like 10 minutes and then you had to stop so the next kid could take a turn. Oh, wow. Well, I never, ever got to take a turn. I was, I was a small kid. Uh, so I always pushed to the back of the line. So by the time it was time, my turn, you know, the bell rang or whatever, we had to sit in our chair. The whole year for me was like that. And it was like, I think that's where the little middle finger happiness was already developing. It was already like, shit. 
I'm never going to paint, you know. I would even tie knots in my apron so they wouldn't come off. Yeah, but anyway, I knew knew in kinder I wanted to be an, an artist. I wanted to be an artist, and I wanted to write books, and I think I told you this. I wanted to be Indiana Jones and was like, those are the three things I wanted to do. And if you go back to those times when you're a kid, those are the things you, you should be doing. Yes, we have to have jobs that pay the bills and, and put food on the table and responsible. But if you wanted to go back to artwork, go back to it. Find time to do it. And so um, years went by, and I would always doodle and scribble and, and draw and art to one art class in high school. But growing up, I was told that is not a real job. That is not how people make money. You will never make money as an artist. You know, you will never make money as a writer. And again, narcissistic mom really putting me down. And this is just a tiny bit. It's in my book. But I was thinking, you know, okay, that's not the real way to make money. You know, you go to school, you get a degree, and you you go to get a real job, and you do those things. And about 20 years ago, I um, just decided to buy some canvas and get inside my garage and two bottles of red wine and some music was on. And you know what? I just started painting and my husband had never seen my artwork. And he's like, you made that? I'm like, yeah, why don't you, why don't you keep doing that? That's pretty good. You know? And so I started, I just started doing the abstract and it's all really, I can't even explain it. It is totally from my energy, from my soul, from it's from inside. You can tell when you see the artwork, that energy, that's Sharon. You can just see it because you just see it and I can't even explain it. And then I'll zoom forward. Let's do the cliff notes. Two years ago or a year and a half ago, I was um, looking at the studios here in Houston, Texas. They're called the silos. It's the largest creative campus here in, in the U S and it's 80,000 square feet of all kinds of, you know, artists, architectures, uh, even therapists. It's a really great place. And I walked in and I saw this. I'm like, I want a studio here. I know I probably couldn't afford it, but I would look and look. And one day I went in and I was like, I had my income tax check return. I'm like, screw this. I'm going to get it. I put my down payment. I put my deposit and I had no fucking plan on how I was going to do the rent for the next month. How crazy is that? Wow. You I are was incredible. Like, uh. Yeah, my husband wow. was like, hey, what'd you do today? I'm like, I got a studio. He's like, what? I'm like, how are you going to pay for the rent? I'm like, I don't know. Well, guess what I started doing? I started doing these little tiny workshops, how-to workshops, how to write a book, how to publish your book on Amazon, you know, just teaching what I knew. And um, my artwork, I look back then, it was kind of dark. It's not as vibrant as it is now. Artwork is a journal and you can tell what's going on with an artist. If you really look at their writing and if you look at the music they're creating and you look at the artwork they design, you can, it's a journal. And if, if they're open enough and vulnerable enough, you can start seeing, wow, this is a good, she or he is going through a good period. Oh, they're going through something really hard right now. And it shows. And so right now I'm really into energy and positivity and, a little bit of darkness is in there. You'll still see a little black on that yellow canvas, but it's, it's in there. And, um, yeah, I just started doing it and started putting pictures on Instagram and, and, and Facebook and, and they're selling. I mean, they sell, unfortunately we're, you know, in shutdown mode with COVID-19 right now. And it's hurt hearts. It's hurt a lot of people, a lot of businesses. Yes. 
It has. And I love how outside of COVID-19, and yes, it has hurt a lot of businesses, but what I love about this conversation is how you've developed and how you're really honest about, you know, there's, there's still a little darkness, but there's a little darkness in all of us, right? Yeah. Oh, of course. When you talk about your art and we're never completely self-actualized until we're dead, right? So hopefully we continue to learn and self-actualize through that process. And that is our journey. And through that journey, that is reflective in your books, that is reflective in your art. And tell us now, I'm going to ask you about your podcast. Tell us a little bit about it. Well, it kind of, it comes all full circle. Um, If I can describe everything, it's how many pain-free days can we really have (laughs) while we're here? And I decided, um, and I actually missed a point, blogging. I started a blog Uh, 2015. Yes, the Bitchy Business Briefs. So see, that's where it all started. The blog uh, started in 2015 and I wrote all the time. It's still out there. I still write. But the blog was the, the springboard for, okay, the books now, if you think about it, the art. And then podcasting. Honestly, podcasting is another another form of communication. And I remember, and if anybody's listening, if there's anything you can take from, from today's podcast, don't wait to start a podcast. I was told you have nothing to sell, so don't do a podcast. Well, you, it's really not about selling something. I mean, if you do, it's fantastic. You know, of course, I promote my books, but if you just have a passion you want to share with other people, then yes, do your podcast. It will grow and hopefully the, the little business hat will, will pop in and maybe you do write some type of, I don't know, PDF, a downloadable, something that they can get from you. But the podcast came from Middle Finger Happiness, the book. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to name my podcast, Middle Finger Happiness, work hard, live well, don't fuck with me. And the guests that I have on range from, you know, I've had doctors all the way, heart surgeons, to uh, small business owners, people have uh, distilleries. As a friend of mine has a rum distillery. Other authors, uh, veterans, people who just just people. But I ask this question: You know, who are you? What do you do? And what was the biggest struggle? What was your favorite mistake? And and we just talk. And we usually have a cocktail or a glass of beer or wine. Or sometimes we just do coffee early in the morning. It just depends on on you know the day. But that's that's middle finger happiness. Um, it is on iTunes and and uh, Spotify and Anchor and Google. Well, that is awesome. Now let me ask you another question because we've talked about many ways here about your creativity. Can you provide a couple of tips to listeners about how they might be able to tap into their creative side? As you said about the podcast, start. If you have something to say, don't wait, start. But can you provide a couple of other tips about how somebody can do that? Oh, absolutely. And, and I, I learned this through another friend of mine who's really, really smart young man. He's, he's much younger than me. And it's like the, the reverse mentoring, you know, the younger person mentoring the older person. But take a piece of paper and draw a circle in the middle and write me, M E that's, you know, that's you. So write me write your name. Mm-hmm. And then like a, like a spoke or like spider legs, you're going to draw a line with a circle line with a circle. So now you've got the circle in the middle and you've got maybe one, two, three, four, five lines and those circles. So it's kind of like a mind map. Okay. Start with you. And then in the other circle to the right, put something that you're good at. 
you know, communications, uh, maybe drawing, maybe what, what you all have a factory installed gift at birth. All of us came like a car, you know, has powered windows. Well, we all have factory installed gifts. So again, podcasting is simply a platform to share your passion, your voice. There's so many different types of podcasting. Uh, it's not a saturated market. It's going to continue to grow. People right. are listening to podcasts right now in their cars, or maybe they're at work, uh, you know, got your head earbuds in. We live in an earbud world, you know, so definitely podcasting. Google how to start a podcast. Right. You know, if you want to write a book, Google how to write a book. Everything's already figure outable people. You just got to do it. So look back at your skills, your talents, but start with that little mind map, that circle with you in the middle. And then maybe, maybe you want to do cartoons. Maybe you want to teach a class. Maybe, you know, we all have things we want to do. We're not put here on this planet to go Monday through Friday, get our paycheck, sit home and watch TV and go to bed and wake up and do it the next day. Yes. You know, I've done that. And after a while you're on autopilot, you're not living. And if you can just turn that talent that you have, that little factory installed gift into a hobby and more beautiful is if you can make some money from your hobby, but look at it. How can the hobby bring you pleasure as a creative person? We're all creative everybody's creative. I don't care who you say you are. You think, Oh, I could never draw. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You just, you just haven't tapped into that. Well, I love your suggestions, how people can tap into their creative side. Oh yeah. I mean, you can even like take rocks from the, from the you know road and go paint them, go paint butterflies or flowers on. I mean, it doesn't take much. Your brain loves that your brain. And that's another thing your brain continues to grow just like a muscle. When you lift weights, you know, you do some bicep curls, what's going to happen. Your arm's going to get firmer. You're going to see a little muscle. Well, the brain's the same way. And so, you know, you could be 50 years old, 60 years old, 30 years old, whatever. It doesn't matter. Your brain can still grow. Well, I love that. I love your suggestions, your positivity in relation to how people can become more creative, how they can find their creative side. They are creative. So let me ask you, and we're getting to the last question here because we've talked about so much. You've given so much wisdom, but if you were to leave the listeners with some words of wisdom, what would they be? Ooh, Lord. (laughs) Wow. Well, because I am a small business owner, the beauty of it is if you get really, like my friend says, my friend, Dan Meredith, who's in England, you know, Sharon, you know, you go balls deep on one of your skills, like every day for two years. So balls deep, because that's how he talks, that you could write a book about it. Like if you crochet and you're just like this badass crocheter or quilt maker, that you could actually write a book. And then you're going to start charging for your your skill, you know, your your skill. So when someone pays you and you have provided value against that payment, so when somebody buys a book, so now you're, you know, and, and if when you're starting from scratch, all you need to do is sell the one thing that you're really best at, no matter what it is. So observing human behavior and understanding how people get to know something, get to know yourself, 
and and just like I said, start from scratch. Even if it's just whatever that you're really really good at, it could be baking. It could be you know making candles. It doesn't have to be like you know you're curing cancer. You're not just do that thing that's inside you. Oh well, thank you for those words of wisdom, Sharon, and for joining me on the Core Women podcast today. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you. If you would like to know more about Sharon Lee Zapata, follow her at the Bitchy Business Briefs on Facebook and Instagram and check out her website, thebitchybusinessbriefs.com. If you need a strategic empowerment coach, contact me. If you want to tell your story of empowerment or how you have reconstructed your life to drive change, send me a video or an email of your story providing permission to use it on my social media platforms. If you want to be featured on my podcast, reach out to me at info at corewomen.com. I want to hear from you and to get to know you. You are now part of the Core Women home. Let's get to know each other. Let's learn from one another. Please follow Core Women on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please let your women friends know about this podcast. If you write about Core Women in your social media posts, please hashtag Core Women. This is all about women. Thank you for taking the time to learn more about Core Women And please stay tuned for continued growth of the Core Women movement. Let's grow and drive change together. 